feminist friends and welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we discuss films from an intersectional feminist perspective. I'm your host Joe, and today I'm joined by the delightful co-host Hedvig. Uh, bonjour. <laughs> Hedvig, how are you? I am good. I have biked a lot this week, which I'm very excited about. Oh, girl. Yes, so I've been biking around London. I've been taken over by a lot of lycra-clad men. Like one person. <laughs> yeah, no, but I've been biking a lot, which has been good. And did I tell you the last time we recorded that I went to the Olympic swimming pool? No, I really hope you didn't. Because it's going to be really awkward if you did, and I just don't remember. <laughs> if I did, I'm just going to sound like I don't have a life, which I don't really have. But... I went to the Olympic swimming pool last weekend, which was amazing. I would recommend that to anyone. Like, it was so cool. It was like, they have these big, like, diving towers, which were really cool. I mean, obviously, we couldn't use them because there was, like, some kids club going on there and they were diving and stuff. Okay. But, yeah, I went swimming, which was really good. I've been seeing my osteopath for my very broken back. And that so that is, like, a continuation. So, and she's the one who's been saying that I need to go swim. So I've been swimming. I've been biking. I've been trying to meditate a bit, but I find it very boring and I struggle a lot to focus but I think biking or swimming is sort of like meditating though because you can't really listen to music or anything it's just you and your surroundings and you just chill and reflect and I think that's good enough I am not great at sitting for however long to meditate but I feel like when I'm doing yoga it's basically the same thing because you're meant to be focusing inward on your body and what you're doing Yeah, so I've kind of given up trying to do mindfulness or meditation and just letting yoga be that space that I do that. Yeah, I think that is, I think that's definitely the way to go. Oh my God, I've also been watching a lot of uh, Simfluencers on YouTube. (laughs) Is that a whole area of YouTube now? Yes, and they have so many followers. Like I'm so fascinated by this group of influencers, like gamers, basically. It's also fun because I feel like Sims YouTubers, it's such like a soft game, you know? It's like, it's not like gameplay where it's like you kill people and it's like, and you're like, hey, mate, go to Stealth 54 and kill three soldiers, you know? It's like, it's. Oh, we play the Sims very differently. <laughs> constantly just killing people for me. <laughs> 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 no because I've, I've had a lot of fun doing that um just watching other people play the sims but I can't I mean I can't I can't talk more about the sims now because actually a couple of my co-workers have started listening to the podcast and oh. what they have picked up on the first thing that Haley, one of my co-workers sent to me was oh I love how you talk about that you play the sims <laughs> <laughs> I picked up that you're actually not I want to say that you're not in your right mind without calling you crazy <laughs> trying to be how can you call someone crazy whilst being inclusive there's probably a lesson in that that you can't but a, a bit of a nutter a bit bit of a nutter work sure this is good this is really nice and inclusive let's just carry on finding words for mental art <laughs> anyway so joe how's your week been it's been pretty good i'm on my period still and have been for two weeks now yeah, that's not great. But I've also had a fucked period this month. 
Like really? Yeah, I got my period really early, almost in the swimming pool. Oh no. I felt the cramps coming when I was swimming and I was like, oh fuck, I really hope it's not gonna because when I get my period, it's like the first splash is intense. So I just <laughs> I was just praying that I wouldn't get it in the pool. But it was so mm. weird. I'm I'm thinking maybe, maybe you know this better, if it's like mercury in retrograde or something now that it's something that's a bit fucked up because I also feel very emotional like I almost started to cry today when I was at Scandi Kitchen buying a cinnamon bun because they play ABBA and I got homesick (laughs) I shouldn't laugh because that's really sad that you feel homesick I think it's more just that you were buying a cinnamon bun and I was like you're like (laughs) oh Sweden someone did tell me that there was a pink full moon I don't know what that means yeah I don't know but I I don't know whether it's got something to do with my iron levels I don't know whether now I've got too much iron and my body's like oh too much get rid mm-hmm. get rid of the iron which I, I don't know but I came on two weeks after I'd had my last period I was in the middle of a pill packet so it, it shouldn't have happened and it's still it's not heavy it's just continuous Mine was also very early. Yeah. I thought I was very surprised that I got my period because I'm usually, I'm usually not super regular, but yeah, it was the same for me. Like it was two weeks, but like usually I would have at least three weeks in between. So I was very surprised. Cool. Should we talk about the film where there are no periods, which now I think about it. Yeah. That is a bit weird because I had to, okay. First things first. We're talking about Eighth Grade today, which came out in 2018, was directed and written by Bo Burnham, who was in Promising Young Woman. So we've, we've, we're aware of him on the podcast. I was a little bit disappointed to see that I think everyone behind the scene was white, at least in like the big roles. There were some women. So there was a woman who did the producing, Lily Jacob. The editor was a woman, Jennifer Lilly. And the composer was a woman, Anna Meredith, who I think has done some other stuff that I read and thought, oh, I should remember that. That's cool. And then that's all gone. So that's good. And also, just a note on the soundtrack. I think the soundtrack of this film is amazing. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about that later on. But I feel like the use of um, audio and music in this film is just Oh, it's so good. That scene, that the swimming pool scene. Oh, it's just, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I really liked when she was sat at the table with her dad and had her earphones in and you could hear him trying to talk to her. And yeah. She pulled the earphones on. You're like, what? What dad? But American sounding. Yeah. So if people don't know, Eighth Grade is a film about a girl in the eighth grade, which in the UK, you're about 13 or 14. And she's about to go to high school and she doesn't really have any friends. I guess a bit of a loner but she seems to desperately want friends and to fit in and the film I guess is about her trying to do that is my understanding of it. I think it's also like a reflection on how kids are making friends in the modern day you know. Mm, Yeah. I think also the use of social media in this film a lot of times in films when they try to like portray social media I think it it's easy to become very superficial or cringe but I think it's very well done in this film how it sort of affects like modern day teenagers lives yeah so I think it's also a lot about that like how if you're a teenager today how you make friends and sort of maintain relations yeah there was a um a lot of phone usage in the film 
in a way that made me feel really uncomfortable because I was like, wait, is that what teenagers are like now? Because I forget sometimes that I'm so far now away from that and things have changed so much that I just don't know. I'm now one of those adults who's like, what do the kids do now? I don't know. I'm old now. I don't know either. Them. Yeah, the bit when she's at the table and her dad's trying to have a conversation with her and she's just so disengaged and just wants to be on her phone. And when she's trying to talk to the popular girls and they're not looking at her, they're just on their phone. So, oh, trying to reach out to you. I felt a lot for Kayla. I think it's one of, also, I think that sort of outsider-ness or not being bullied, but just not having a context in school. I think it's so well portrayed in this film. And I feel like you can feel, you can recognize a lot with her, like the the social angst and the need to fit in and the want to fit in, but also not really finding people that you actually want to hang out with mm. because everyone's a dickhead. It really reminds me as well of how when you're at school, you really are kind of stuck just with the people who's at school. That's who you have to make friends with mm-hmm. because she talks a bit about going to high school and how that's the chance to kind of reinvent yourself and to try new things and be a different person, which is what happens here when people go to uni. And I was like, yeah, it is so weird that as an adult, if you want friends, you can just make friends. Obviously, it's a bit harder, but like I ended up meeting you guys. So I was like, I really wish I had some feminist friends. So I managed to find some. And it was great. But when you're at school, you're like, oh, there are just these people. These are the people I have to hang out with. Yeah. And I feel like you can see that in the film as well, when she gets to actually meet other people that's not in her class or not in her school, that she, I think she realizes the the true value of real friendship or actually finding people that are also geeky or interested in the same things that you are. Um, yeah. I'll just quickly say that the main character is called Kayla. So that's the girl who we're talking about. And then there are some other female characters. There's Olivia, who's a high school friend, who is Kayla's shadow when she goes to have a, I guess, an induction day is what we'd call it here at the high school. So, yeah, that's Olivia. She's I think they're like four years apart in age. I think they mention in the film. And then there's a girl called Kennedy, who's the really popular girl in middle school. And in terms, there aren't really many intersectional characters. There's Ania, I think her name is. And she's one of Olivia's friends. So she's a high schooler. And she has a really cool feminist necklace on, which I really liked. It's like, yeah, she's cool. I guess that would be my only complaint about the film is it did. I know there were people in the background who weren't white, but the majority of the people in the film who had speaking roles were white, which was a shame. But it did pass the female Bechdel test. There's a bit when Mrs. Graves, Kennedy's mum, invites Kayla to come to Kennedy's pool party, which was such an awkward bit because you could tell the mum just didn't really get the school dynamics and that. But also the mum just really want to get with her dad. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Because when Kayla arrived, wasn't she like, oh, where's your dad? Yeah, she was like, she had dressed up and she was like, where's your dad? And Kayla was just saying he didn't come or whatever and she just okay <laughs> like it was so funny so obviously it didn't pass the intersection of Bechdel test but we can talk a bit more about that later I think part of me found this film quite uncomfortable to watch because it felt too real it was too like oh I do not miss being a teenager and feeling like you have to say the right things to fit in because there are loads of bit like when she's at the pool party and she sat on her own in the room 
and that guy she fancies Aiden comes in and says you know everyone else is in the other room she's like oh that's where everyone is (laughs) I was like it's okay to say I don't want to be with them because I'm a bit nervous but I guess one thing to add as well is that she records, she has a YouTube channel and that's how the film starts out. You see her vlog when she records a video. I can't remember what the first video is about. Oh, it's about being yourself. I think she does videos about just lifestyle tips in general, but it's not at all like reflected in her real life. Like I think it's, that's basically her escapism. She makes this video, I guess, partly to come across as cooler in rabbit ears air quotes but I like rabbit ears (laughs) air quotes Uh, (laughs) or rabbit ears which I've now manifested as the official way of (laughs) she doesn't really have friends and she's very lonely it comes across Mm. I think so yeah, that's how it starts out. And I think her her main drive and her main motivation is to make friends and to become cool. And she takes every measure to do that. And I think that is what leads to some of these very cringe and awkward um, scenes when she's trying so hard to get someone to just acknowledge her, even like acknowledge her presence. You know, when she's mm. talking to cool girls in school and they're on their phone and she has basically written a poem to, or not a poem, a letter to one of the girls. And they're just on their phone, ignoring her. It's a lot of those situations where I feel, yeah, it's too real. It's too yeah. real. You can be yourself. I feel like I my, I may not have been in the exact same situations as her, but I've definitely been in situations where I have felt what I think the conveyed feeling that what they wanted to convey with her acting. Also such a good actress. Yeah, she did a great job. Yeah, I was thinking about how was I like back then, all those many years ago. And I don't think I ever had any trouble making friends, which surprises me because I think I was always very weird and quiet. I definitely wasn't like a popular kid and I did keep to myself quite a lot, but I'd never had trouble making friends. I think I felt the way she did a lot when it came to boys Mm. and wanting to be cool for guys and to try and say things that I thought were cool Mm. rather than just being myself. And also, I guess, similar to her, that it felt really important to have a boyfriend and it didn't necessarily matter who that person was. Yeah. Like the main thing was whether I fancied them and thought their face was nice. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think one thing as well that I wrote down, actually, I wrote down over-sexualization of kids. And I thought that, I thought about that so much watching this film, that they're so young. They look so young. Because I think a lot of the times when you see high school films, it's not actually young people, or not high school, but like school films, it's not actually young people playing the kids. It's like 18 to 22-year-olds, like grown-ups that play 14-year-olds. But in this Mm -hmm. film, I think they are so young, and that makes it even more fucked how damaged they are by, I don't know, porn and expectations on being sexual when you're like 13. And there's a couple of scenes which I thought we could talk about. <laughs> there's the wanking scene when they have biology. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which I thought was interesting because so it's basically a scene where it's, I think it's biology or sex ed. They talk about conceiving a child in a very medical way. It's basically 
sperm hits egg, becomes cell of meat, becomes baby, whatever. And then it's like, they, they, I think they're watching a film and the lights are off and then the camera sort of pans to the left and it's this guy wanking under a blanket. Oh. And it's just so horrible. And you sort of see from Kayla's perspective, this guy just sitting there. And I was thinking about how boys usually or often feel that they can do that kind of stuff in public. I was thinking when I was a dance teacher, I used to teach dance to kids when I was a teenager. I mean, obviously they were a lot younger than um, than the guys in the film, but still the boys would like run around naked, you know, touch themselves, like, and the girls would never do that. Yeah. And I think it's just, it was just a reflection on how we sort of encourage, you know, women to not at all express their sexuality publicly whilst with boys it's fine to even have a wank in the classroom like with all <laughs> the classmates around you yeah it's so fucked it was so weird because it was so obvious what he was doing too because didn't he have like his phone light on or something yeah I'm, i think there was a light under the blanket or whatever it was, was like, <laughs> what is wrong with you people are clearly gonna know what you're doing oh I think that they were trying to talk seriously about sex in school as well and then to have that being a titillating moment for this boy. Yeah. Like, oh. I think there might have been maybe a comment on sex ed in general. How worlds apart it is from like kids' actual experience with sex. Yeah, that's such a good point. Because I think there's a bit with the high school kids where one of the boys is saying, oh, we're like four years apart. She's basically wired completely differently. And they ask her how old she was when she got Snapchat. He was like, she's basically seen dicks at the age of however she was when she got Snapchat. I was like, yeah, that's kind of wild. Because when I was at school, MySpace was a thing. And people were starting to have cameras that you could then upload the pictures to your social media. But it was very much not like it is now, obviously. Very different. And I think in order for me to see my first penis, first penis, very first penis, penis, I think I had to search for it, like look for porn. I don't think it came my way without me going out to get that, <laughs> without me being like, I'm ready. I want to see a penis now. On the penis head. <laughs> Where is it? I will find it. Whereas it's I think now... It- this is interesting because I think... Maybe it was because I was in a friend group that I think wasn't really into, I was going to say wasn't really into porn. (laughs) (laughs) But I think I may may have watched a porno, porno, porn film, (laughs) uh, maybe once and like with a group of friends just for fun, for giggles. But I think it wasn't a thing. Like porn wasn't really, it wasn't really available. I think the first time I saw a penis was probably my first like sexual encounter I guess yeah I I think you're right there's such a the way that sex education is taught is still taught as if we were at school whereas there is that realization that you can have someone send you a picture of their penis without you wanting it really easily or have a kid masturbating in the classroom or all the all the pressure on girls to send naked pictures which also came up in this film too her crush Aiden he broke up with his ex-girlfriend because she wouldn't send him nudes oh yeah so disgusting I love that whoever that girl was who was like you should be wary of him here's why and you never see her again in the film and I was like that's someone you should be friends with because (laughs) she is looking out for you 
yeah yeah and instead Kayla's like oh this is my in and lies to him about how she oh this is so embarrassing you almost saw the folder that has my dirty pictures in and he was like a meerkat that's just spotted something he like came up off his phone was like you have what and then also like do you give blowjobs it's like how old are you yeah you look like you're fucking six like keep your 13 year old penis to yourself gross so gross sorry any 13 year olds listening your penis is fine just you know (laughs) keep it to yourself that was something that i thought about also that teenagers are gross especially teenage boys they're gross the lack of sex education is really frustrating because for her i was like it's okay to not you shouldn't have to give him blowjobs to get him interested in you or tell him that you've got dirty photos to get him interested in you. I know. And I feel like it would have been one thing if that was something she wanted. I think it's also because with Kayla in the film, for her, I think you can see that she she's not ready to have a sexual encounter. I feel like mm-hmm. also you don't see her ever sexually experimenting with herself or you don't see her being sort of curious sexually. But I just remember me when I was 14, I was looking forward to having sex. Yeah, That was something that I very much wanted. For Kayla, it wasn't out of her own curiosity or pleasure that she wanted to send someone nudes or that she said that she could do blowjob. For some, on someone it was just out of that need to be popular and I think that is the main difference that it's like it's not her mm. own drive but it's forced out of this need of being popular which makes yeah. it sad. it's sad to think how much we did as teenagers that was just out of that need but again I remember I think I was 16 at this point and there was a guy I really fancied I thought he was so cool and he liked me I was like oh my god and we were I think we were at mine like we'd already made out loads and I can't remember whether we we must have been alone in my house and I went to like undo his trousers and he was like oh no you don't need to do that and I felt so relieved because I obviously wasn't ready and was scared that I hadn't googled like she does how to give a good blowjob I don't know what to do and I was just doing it out of a sense of obligation of this is what I should be doing rather than what do I actually want and I've always felt so grateful to him for being like it's okay we don't need to do that it's like thank god yeah and I think there's something really important in this because when I had sex the first time I uh, I had an orgasm (gasps) oh Wow. But I think it was because it was something that I felt so deep in me that I really wanted. And also the guy I was with, the guy I was with, he was more experienced than I was, but not in a creepy way as in he imposed his needs on me or he was forcing me to do anything I didn't want to do. It was basically me, I think, taking the initiative. And he was also very talkative. And we communicated a lot. And I think that's why it ended the way it ended. <laughs> With fireworks. Which was great. But I think it sort of came like, I think I was just lucky to be in that experience of actually wanting that. And he wanting that. And him being respectful. Like it was just, a, I think the universe was just in a good place. Because I don't have any other female friend that have had that experience. With their first time they have sex, I think. Yeah, I did not. It was not a bad experience. And but yeah, there definitely wasn't wasn't an orgasm. I, it definitely felt like something to just get out of the way and be like, okay, now the first time's over. Now I know what happens. 
I know what it's like. I know what to expect. It's not a big shock. Now I'm broken. Now I'm broken. We can have a fun time. I really felt for her a lot in the film. I did like that after she'd said to Aiden, um, to answer your question, yes, I do, and I'm really good at it. And then she kind of scurries away, and he just goes back to like making kind of fart noises with his mouth. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, he really doesn't deserve you and your attention. I know. <laughs> One of the things I really liked about this film is that Kayla looks like a 13 year old. Yes. I don't want to trash the actress, but. I like that she has acne. It looks quite real. I don't know whether it was or whether they'd made it like that. Her teeth look like they hadn't had braces yet, which makes sense. She looks like an awkward teenager who was in the middle of being a cute little child to a yeah. fully fledged. Her posture is a bit shit as well. She she's yeah. always covering like, and she's always. I think there's something about her using her hair as well to cover her body and sort of slouching and I can I can relate to that as well I was thicker when I was a teenager I was a bit mm. curvier. I can re- also I was very tall I think I was a bit like her like my body just grew very fast so I got breasts when no one had breasts I got I, I was just tall and big the whole thing about like I think you compensate by making trying Make yourself to- smaller exactly so I could so relate to that with her yeah and it was so nice to see that and to see that awkwardness and not to see and again I think she was only like 14 or 15 when it was being acted so she is she's young yeah she does look like an awkward teenager who I think I just think so often in as you were saying earlier with these films you see girls who look so glamorous and gorgeous and you're like this is not realistic because even Kennedy she wasn't like overly done up with makeup like she she did look more confident and more made up than Kayla did but not in a way that was out of place she still looked like a 13 14 year old girl just a one who was popular. I think that was so well done with the pool scene. There's this pool scene. So mm. she gets invited to a pool party. She uh, decides to go, to be brave and go. And when she's at this party, it just takes so much. Like she's so anxious. It takes so much for her to even change and go out there. And then being met by all these fucking dickheads like they're all so stupid and annoying and gross yeah and it's just so well orchestrated with the music the soundtrack it's just like really intense loud music and she's standing there looking out of them and it feels very um threatening and hostile and I think it's like a representation of her being awkward in the space but also her being awkward in her body because she feels misplaced and she doesn't feel comfortable it's so well done and it's so nice then as well because that's where she meets Gabe though oh Gabe oh I love Gabe oh my god (laughs) yeah the first time she meets Gabe he suddenly pops up next to her with like a full snorkel thing on and is like I did it he's like what are you talking about it's like I swam the full length with my holding my breath he's like okay and then he's like do you want to have a breath holding competition so sure it's so fun. Gabe is such a good character in this film because he is like an antidote to all these fucked up, over-sexualized kids. He is what teenagers should be. You should play and have fun and eat chicken nuggets. And you know what I mean? You should just, maybe not chicken nuggets, but you know what I mean? You should just like have fun and 
Yeah, have a holding breath contest, not be sexy in the pool, you know? And like, because at the end where she goes around here to dinner, he's like, I got two of every sauce. And I think he says something like, if you like one loads, you can have my one. And then he he leaves out a certificate for like an archery thing he'd done over the summer. And she sees it and he's like, whoops, must have left this out by accident. She's like, it's fine. He's like, do you want to see it? <laughs> Oh, good. Those are like, oh no, it's not cool. She's like, I think that's really cool. He's like, no. I was like, oh, I love that that's what he's left out for her and wants her to see. Like, I did good at archery, but that's so sweet. Gave us such a sweetheart (laughs) and such a weirdo. And I love that. Yeah, I love that too. And I feel like it's so difficult to know who you are when you're 13, but also to show who you are when you're 13. And I feel both with Kayla and Gabe towards the end, they're just so brave doing that. It's so Mm -hmm. difficult to show any kind of personality trait or, you know, something that sticks out from the mainstream. The whole thing with Gabe that he just swims up to her and asks if she wants to have a holding breath contest. I just feel like that is so sweet and how you should be as a teenager. And I like that throughout that whole scene, he does have that really nerdy kind of snorkel mask on <laughs> the whole time. He doesn't take it off and he's talking like he's still got it on. Like he's still ready to dive back in with all the action. <laughs> yeah. And I also like that he's Kennedy's cousin. So he's connected to that kind of popularity, but also completely outside of it too. When watching this film, I thought about, you know, the mean girl with Kennedy and her friends and how there's always a mean girl in every film or in every scenario. I mean, even in real life, maybe. And how they're so stripped of, especially in this case, Kennedy, she's so stripped of personality. You don't really see much of her at all. Yeah. But I feel like the thing that makes her popular, I don't know what it is, is that she has a lot of money. Yeah, it might be that she's a pretty white, skinny girl whose parents are rich um, and throw pool parties. Okay. Next thing we need to talk about is this (laughs) fucking superlatives competition. Because... I wonder, like the whole, the rest of the film feels so real in a way. It feels like it could be a real school. Is that something that could happen in a real school as well? Also like being like the best clown and stuff like that. Yeah, best Although, I think, I feel like that happened at my school. I think it does happen. But the fact that they put in most quiet, I was like, why would you pick out things that are people basically saying that person isn't cool? Like, why would you put that in as a category? Like, oh, bless her. Like, she obviously is trying not to be that quiet one. Yeah. In the classroom, does they get an award for who has the best eyes? Yeah. I thought it was weird as fuck. And then when they both walk past her, she's like, well done, good job. No! <laughs> oh! That's what I mean. There's so many heartbreaking mo- moments in this film. She's just trying mm. so hard. I just want to yeah. be 14 and be her friend when I watch this film. Yeah, I want to be Olivia and take it under my wing and be like, it's going to be okay. Because she was obviously trying so hard and no one was interested. People just weren't interested. No. I mean, it did make me realise that sometimes, like, it's you're not the problem everyone else is. Exactly. It's not her fault that these people suck. Yeah. I think the popular kids at school also they can't have a good relationship you know like a friendship because 
I feel like they're in the film, they're just too anxious of being popular that they don't really form any deep relationship bonds. Whilst I think with her and Gabe, for example, they have like a cute dinner together and they both like Rick and Morty and they bond over that. It's, it's so cute that they, I feel like they become friends because they share interests, you know, yeah. like something you would do as a grown up. You would, like you mentioned at the beginning, that you found feminist friends. <laughs> Joe found <laughs> feminist friends. <laughs> that is how I refer to you guys as a group. I'll be like, oh, I'm hanging out with my feminist friends today. If I'm trying to differentiate you from like friends I've known from school or uni friends, you guys are the feminist friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think that's also what you tend to do when you're grown up because you're not forced together. Like we said, you're not forced together with people. Yeah. A part of this film as well is I think Kayla watches a lot of the beauty tutorials and makeup tutorials even though she doesn't really do much makeup in the film she she has she wears makeup every day though and I think for a lot of girls in school I think makeup is it could either be a way of expressing yourself but it could also be a way of like Kayla just blending in putting on a facade and just blending in to the masses in a way because it was everyday makeup I think she was doing I think that was the tutorial so it wasn't, and as you say, it didn't really look like she had makeup on. And I think that was kind of the idea. But I thought about that when she went to the pool party and when she, when she went into the pool and her mascara just sort of ended up under <laughs> her eyes. And I was like, why would you wear like not a waterproof mascara to like a birthday party? And then I started to think she probably doesn't have a lot of money because, or maybe she has a bit of an allowance, but maybe she can buy like one mascara and then she really wanted to wear makeup to this party. And then she, she probably felt that like she couldn't show up without makeup. So she wore her not waterproof mascara and then that sort of got destroyed when she went into the pool. Maybe I'm just really overanalyzing her makeup, but. No, to be fair, when I saw them, I was like, I wonder if any of them are wearing makeup, but then how would they do that? But the popular kids all seem to be really bothered by their appearance. And this will be a big event to showcase what bikini they have on and what their hair looks like. And yeah, I was wondering if there were some of the girls there who were like, no, I'm not getting my face wet. I'm not getting my hair wet because I've done it. Exactly. And I love that she just jumped straight into the pool. Like, bye. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but I think that was also an escape to be honest because then she wouldn't have yeah. to talk to people she could just hang out in the pool yeah. I was also thinking about her relationship with her dad but I think it's just something so sweet about also I haven't really seen that or maybe I have seen that like with a single dad and a daughter relationship portrayed in that way because there, it must be really hard in a lot of ways I mean obviously you can probably have you can probably have a really good relationship father daughter I think it's more usual for mothers to have a closer relationship with daughters and fathers to have a closer relationship with sons for me personally that it's how it is I'm closer to my mom and have always been I think my sister is also closer to my mom and it's always been so I just thought it was interesting to see that portrayed and to see also the struggle from him to understand you know understand his daughter it did make me feel a bit like (laughs) the thought of having a teenage daughter and just (sighs) trying to do your best but nothing you can do when he says that she's so cool I'm like dad (laughs) (laughs) my favorite bit was when she was getting a banana to practice blowjobs on and he walks in and is like, 
why do you have a banana you don't like them and she's obviously trying to just be get out of there and and have it not be a big deal but then he's like no I wrote it down as something to not bring up again because you got so angry and then she tries to eat it to be like no I do love them and he's like honey it doesn't really look like you do she's like spitting out this banana then she just throws it at him and he's like okay fine I don't like bananas and runs off and he's like I don't understand but of course he's not he's not going to but yeah I was like oh my god it must be really hard to raise teenagers because I remember I you do feel like you're completely alone with everything that's going on and no one has ever gone through it and you just don't have that self-awareness yet to realize that your parents went through that too and that they they do know what it's like and that they want the best for you you just don't get it at that point and that's not your fault when they were in the car and he was driving her to the shopping mall to meet her friends and she, she's like can you stop looking like that like quiet weird and quiet and he's like okay and then tries to make conversation like no you can be quiet just not weird and quiet and I'm like oh my god he's his head is going to be spinning to be like what does that mean what <laughs> am I doing I don't understand I know I know but I recognize that so much I remember when I had sort of my feminist awakening when I was maybe 15 and we would have these dinners and I would just challenge my dad on everything he said and being just completely, I was being a dickhead. I was just being absolutely, you know, horrible with him and and just challenging everything. And I thought I was so woke (laughs) (laughs) and just thinking that, you know, you know, so much better than your parents. Maybe that wasn't the case with Kayla though. I think for her, it was more a frustration. Also that she didn't really have a role model or that kind of support, which I think she could probably have had with her dad if she let him, Yeah, which she she sort of does towards the end. Yeah. I think you get the sense that he's so desperate for her to open up to him and share with him what's wrong and he obviously really wants to support her and help her but I mean how do you explain to your dad that the guy you fancy wants you to give him blowjobs so you need this banana to practice giving a blowjob on you're not as a teenager even as an adult I wouldn't particularly want to explain that to my dad (laughs) as a teenager how you just of course you're gonna feel so awkward and it, when she's looking what is she looking at on her phone when he oh she's kissing her hand she's kissing her hand and then her dad comes in and she like launches her phone across the room because that isn't suspicious at all and he's like what that's like oh my god I remember that of like your parents coming in and you being like just go away yeah go away and your parents are like what my dad oh my god <laughs> that's so good Oh, so <laughs> oh. I, I'm glad they got that moment at the end um, and that when he opens up to her because maybe that's also what she needed as well from him like she then allows herself to see him as a bit more of a human and that he gets really scared too and is worried about raising her without her mum yeah exactly I think that I think that was yeah that was probably the key to be honest to like show her that he's also vulnerable did you want to talk about the horrible scene at the end between in the car with Olivia's friend I think it's really well done again because I feel like a lot of the times when men are predators in films they're also portrayed as predators 
usually it's it's something about them that is off but i think in this case he seems to be the nice guy he seems to be that guy it's basically olivia the girl that she is shadowing in high school's friend and they go out to hang out at the mall and then he offers to drive her home i think alongside mm-hmm. with olivia so he drops olivia off and then it's just the two of them left in the car and then i think he sort of says something about oh, you're so far away, they're in the backseat. And she says, oh, should I come in the front? And he says, no, I'll just stop over here and goes into the back. And then there, you can sort of feel that it's something, like he has an agenda. And she's just so desperate for friends. And she's just had this amazing night at the mall with like older people having real conversations about things, not just looking at their phones. Yeah, for her, that's probably a goal. That's what she would want to do with her friends. And I think also with this guy, during this hangout in the mall, I feel like he invited her into the conversation, asked her things. And I think she really looked up to that and felt seen and felt heard by him. And then they, yeah, when sort of he drives her home and they're in the car. And then I think they play truth in there on his sort of initiative. And he sort of wants to force her into this sexual experience that she's definitely not ready to have. And especially not with him, because I think for her as well, she was, I think she also says, this is not what I thought was going to happen when I uh, sat down in this car. And then for him, then when she sort of says she doesn't want to do anything, I think his reply is... (laughs) He says, like, I was just doing this for you because I don't want you want your first experience to be with some jerk at high school who's going to say you're really inexperienced it won't be nice to be like I will be and he makes it seem like he's just doing her this massive favor which we obviously know is not the case at all actually the moment Olivia gets out of the car I was like Mm-mm. Yeah. I think I was actually saying to the TV like no don't, don't leave her <laughs> don't leave her with that man Mm-mm. don't do that I was just like, oh God, she's so young and she's in the car now with a boy who she doesn't know and he's in control, he's driving. From that moment, I was like, this is not going to go well, is it? And I'm glad it didn't, (laughs) I think it's not going to end well, is it? And I felt a little bit, not annoyed with Olivia, but because I think all of my friends and I have done things where we've not maybe been as safe with each other as we should have been like maybe we've left each other alone on nights out because we were interested in other things or whatever so I don't blame Olivia and I guess she saw that guy as being her friend and she trusted him but now I'm like oh my god don't leave her with him just don't just because also she's there because of Olivia so she'd probably just feel more comfortable having Olivia there anyway. I think it's such a good example of you know how a lot of I think women as well and men they're like but how can so many women be raped and assaulted like none of my friends would do that and I think it's so clearly shown in this example because I think Olivia trusted that guy it was probably I think he also says that they're really close friends they're like best friends or something. Yeah, because I think uh, Kayla, she says, Olivia's really cool. No, he says, Olivia's really cool, isn't she? I think you were right. Uh, I think Kayla says, or maybe he says, like, do you like Olivia? And she's like, yeah, she's really cool. And he says, like, yeah, she's my best friend. 
Yes, that's something it. like that. Oh yeah, so so obviously Olivia and him are really close friends, and therefore also think that Olivia probably when she jumped out of the car, she was like, "Well, he's a good guy, you know, like he's he's one of the good guys. He's probably not gonna do anything." And mm. that thing about like, you know, it could be your fucking best friend. Yeah, I was thinking like, would I just not leave my teenage girl alone with any boy? But what if it's a boy that they've known their whole life would I still just be like you never know yeah exactly all boys they're predators I'm gonna be that annoying one with kids where I'm like you're not being left alone with a boy you just don't know what they're like (laughs) once again this is the thing about like if you have kids if you have a girl you're gonna fucking worry their whole life if they're gonna be raped if you have a boy you're gonna worry your whole life about them being a rapist there's just not a good there's just nothing good about having kids. <laughs> the way, I think it's Riley, he was so manipulative with her as well. Everything that was happening, I was like, this is not good. This is not good. But the fact that he stops the car and gets in the back seat and then initiates truth or dare, I was like, people only do that if, if they fancy you and they want to use this as a way to get with you. I can say this now as a 28-year-old and not a 13-year-old. Mm-mm, he's not interested in... In just chatting to you about Rick and Morty and sharing some chicken nuggets. <laughs> so she obviously says the truth. And my guess is that she was scared about it being a dare because of what it would be. And I totally would also pick truth because fuck having to do a dare. I, no, thank you. And then his question is sexual. Like, how far have you gone? And then when she asks him, obviously he picks a dare. And the dare she chooses is for him to put a dirty coin in his mouth. He's like, ew, no. I thought that was so good. That's a real dare. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because that is gross. And then there were so many times where I saw myself in her where she was like, well, I guess you can just pick. Because in my head, I felt anxious for her trying to think of a dare that's got to be something fun and kind of sexy cool I always hated doing the never have I ever game as well because I was always like I don't know what to say were you in on the how to build a girl you were weren't you mm-hmm. yeah yeah so you know in the pool when she says I'll never have I ever been on holiday like the idea with that game is it's never actually something like that it's always Sexual. never have I ever done anal or given a blowjob or whatever it might be it's always something like that and I always hated it because I was like the anxiety of picking something that's going to be socially acceptable it's fucking stressful so I really felt for her and then his choice of dare is to take his top off and he's like oh I'm gonna feel so stupid should I do it I guess I'm just gonna do it I was like you're such an asshole you know what you're doing you've dared yourself to take off your top with this 13 or 14 year old girl in your car who can't get away horrible what I also thought about when I was watching this scene was that he probably doesn't even know that this is not happening. Yeah. He probably thinks that this is the way you get with girls, rabbit ears. <laughs> I hope people think you are just holding up some like severed rabbit ears that you just happen to have in your <laughs> in your <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I was reflecting on that. He probably doesn't reflect on his own behavior but that is very predatory and that he is basically using her. I think mm-hmm. for him, that is probably the way he has gotten with girls about being, you know, cutesy and manipulative and like a bit stupid, you know, being like, oh, I, well, I'm going to take my shirt off then. <laughs> well, now you have to take your shirt off. <laughs> you know, like, it, yeah, it's horrible. 
I think it's so hard as a teenage and I'm really proud that in the film proud of her that she was like no I don't want to take my top off I don't feel comfortable but so many girls don't feel like they can do that because they feel like oh I should want to do this and I should be pleasing him and I should do this and that all right was there anything else the only thing I wanted to add is that I'm very impressed that Bo Burnham as a man wrote this film and that he wrote it about a girl I'm quite surprised he didn't write it about a boy in eighth grade. And I think he's done a really good job. It probably helps that it's edited by a woman, but it's also directed by him. And it it didn't feel male gazy. It didn't feel like she was sexualized in any way. It felt, as I said at the start, kind of uncomfortable to watch because I was like, this is too close to how I felt at that age. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be reminded of that awkward. Yes. Feeling. Yeah, it's very impressive. Maybe he did loads of research as talked Maybe. to a lot of teenagers how they feel. Because that's what I also mentioned mm-hmm. in the beginning, that I think the use of social media is so well done in this film. It's not exaggerated, as I think in a lot of films, you know, they have like pop-ups or messages or likes and stuff like that. Now it's just so well integrated into the u- like everyday use of their f- like they were just walking with their phones and it's so well integrated into the acting that it feels natural that it feels real like kids would actually do that. But I really like this film. I think it's really good actually. Yeah. And I think it is worth a watch. I think it's definitely my favorite coming of age film that has been made within the last like five years. Same. Yeah, he did a really good job. Did you Round of applause by Burnham. Good job. Well done. I think that is definitely the best thing about this film. It's very relatable. And I think the acting is not exaggerated or sort of toned down. It's very sort of well balanced. It makes it very real. It gives you a bit of anxiety, to be honest. It gives me a, it gave me a bit of like, like yeah. it doesn't give you hope about the future generations of teenagers. Okay, shall we rate the film? Yeah, let's rate the film. Woo! I actually think I'd be okay giving it five for the female side. Yeah, I like, Even though like it's not so much about maybe female relationships, but she has, or I guess it is. Because she has that like conversation with the high school girls. and Yeah, I guess I just feel like there isn't... Because I know we haven't really talked about the other characters in the film. But I think that's because that... I mean, apart from the shitty boys. But I think that's because it very much feels like it's about her experience. Yeah. And how she's relating to the other characters. And I don't think I'd want anything more from that. Because even Olivia... She looks very cool, but she seemed to have a lot of nervous energy of wanting yeah. to fit in still. Yeah. And yeah, I, I really love that they all just looked their age. Exactly. And I think there's also something about she's sort of not defined by another character. She's defining herself, even though she probably doesn't, or probably she doesn't know who she is or who she wants to be. But it's not her being defined through someone else's eyes. It's just her trying to figure that's out on her own. And she's very much leading the the narrative as well, being, you know, mm-hmm. about being brave. I'm going to the pool party. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to the mall. I'm brave. I'm going to take the leap. And she's really ambitious as well. Like, she has drive. Like, she knows that she wants these things. And she's, she, like, she, there's that scene where she writes down, what do I want? And then what do I need to do to get that? I like that she was kind of breaking it down and thinking that she was, 
she realized that in order to have those things she needed to to do stuff yeah because even though being with Kennedy like being friends with her didn't work out and she realized that that's not someone who I want to be friends with she met Gabe through going to that pool party yeah so if she hadn't put herself out there and had just stayed at home and she wouldn't have met anyone yeah <laughs> like she had to wade through all the shit to find some gold hidden in the underneath yeah no definitely um, definitely yeah I'm happy to give it a five too actually cool because I also think on the intersectional side is like maybe a one <laughs> I, I yeah I mean does any of the non-white characters or any is there's one not non-white character there's Ania who oh there is a bit I wrote down that oh I think one of the boys she's talking to says to her stop yelling at me and she's like this is yelling to you no this is an adult tone oh yeah yeah I, <laughs> I really liked he's like yeah you go girl true true yeah maybe one <laughs> then for having a character yeah because there isn't even anyone in there who seems like they're gay and again it's it's hard because it's all through her experience and what she's seen so young so I feel like they're probably like they have barely experienced their yeah sexuality yeah that's true but I and I know there were some people in the background who weren't white like at the pool party there's definitely at least one kid who was black but there wasn't I didn't feel like there was much diversity really no, no. Which, as I said at the start, it's kind of the only thing that I thought was a real shame with this film. And maybe it's something that maybe in, like, if Bo does more movies, might change. Because this came out in 2018, which was, I mean, it wasn't before the Black Lives Matter movement. So that's been going on for years. But like, it was before George Floyd. I don't know whether now he would think more, oh, it would be cool if the films weren't so white. <laughs> I don't know. Or whether he'd be more aware of it or not. So yeah, should we should we go for a one? Yeah, I think a one. Okay, so a six out of ten is not bad, and I I still think it's worth watching, even though we've just spoiled all of it. That bit in the car really I did not see coming. It felt like the film suddenly took a really dark turn, and I was yeah. like, oh, this was just like a fun exploration of being thirteen and being anxious, and oh no, I know. Oh, I but forgot I that comes with that because it it added like a depth to it as well. Yeah. And also, it is the reality of a lot of girls' experiences it is. at school. It is definitely. So I think it was it was definitely good to have in there. Yeah, I think it is really good to watch. It is. It's not an easy watch. I would say I found it a bit mm. hard to watch, just because of the awkwardness and the sort of weird weirdness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is uncomfortable. And although there are bits I found funny, I don't know if I'd describe it as a comedy. I don't know. Like, if someone wanted to sit down on a Friday evening and just watch a really fun film, I don't know if this is the film I'd pick no. because of that. No, I wouldn't say. I, I would say it's a drama. Yeah. <laughs> a drama. <laughs> a good old drama. One thing that I thought was funny is that with this podcast, when I've been listening to the episodes I've been in, I've noticed that we all used like a lot. Oh my god, I know. And in this film, though, that is taken to another level. It's literally in every sentence. Mm. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. I actually wrote down, <laughs> I think we found someone who says like more than we do. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> so eighth grade gets six out of ten. Well done, Bo Burnham. You get six points. Good job. If you want to let us know what you thought of eighth grade, then you can find us at Facebook and instagram at real feminism real spelled r-w-e-l 
it would be cool to know what you think. And I'd just like to say thank you very much, Hepik, for joining me today. Thank you. And also for um, putting this film on my radar, because I hadn't heard of it until you mentioned it. So thank you very much for that too. Good job, Hedwig. And thank you to Lee for doing all the things that he does, the editing, the producing. Lee! <laughs> and all the artwork and having to sit there and listen to us talk for hours and hours on the podcast about things that aren't related to the podcast that he knows he's going to have to cut out. And he's, I just picture him sitting there being really sad and wondering why he agreed to do this. And I know as I'm carrying on with this, he's like, please please stop <laughs> but I know it's irritating and we're at that point in our relationship now where it's just fun to make each other feel not great so thank you Lee um thank you very much to Sandra as well for music you hear at the beginning and end of the podcast and we will be back in your ears in two weeks time but we will be discussing wait for it <gasps> Bridget Jones's diary Woo! Mr. Darcy <laughs> So grab your big knickers and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Bye! Bye!